This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 62 with Bill Monacero. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello everyone, MC Lobster and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a fantastic show for you guys today with a very inspiring guest. And in today's episode, we are going to learn how the baby boomers and seniors can use real estate to generate income streams to fund the retirement of your dreams. And for the younger listeners out there, I think it will be an extremely educational show on real estate investing, how to invest out of state in different markets, and even how to invest into different countries. And then also just how to perform a market analysis, how to get boots on the ground information, and then other really very valuable information that will help you on your journey of getting started as a real estate investor. My guest today is Bill Monacero. Bill Monacero is the host and top dog of the Old Dogs REI Network, a blog, newsletter, and weekly podcast for people over 50 years and older interested in real estate investing to fund their retirement years and to create a legacy for their children and grandchildren. Bill's goal is to own and control 1,000 units in less than six years. Prior to forming the Old Dogs REI Network, Bill and his family were missionaries to orphaned, abandoned, and at-risk children living in the streets of Haiti. Prior to Haiti, he was a professional musician and spent over 20 years in business on the corporate and entrepreneur side. A few highlights of his career include meeting Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Stewart and being interviewed on the Oprah Winfrey show and having CNN do a documentary on their work in Haiti. Before we are joined by Bill, I just wanted to ask you if you can please share your feedback and thoughts with me on today's interview. You can tweet me at Twitter at MC Lobsher or email me at info at cashflowninja.com and please remember to join our mailing list and community by signing up at cashflowninja.com or texting cashflowninja one word all capitalized to 44222 that's two fours and three twos as some of my listeners may know I live in Newtown Pennsylvania a town that's about 45 minutes away from Philadelphia the birthplace of the United States the home of the cheesesteak the rocky steps and also the hometown of the beloved founding father Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin believed that investment and knowledge pays the best interest, and early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. The Cashflow Ninja have aligned itself with partners that aims to empower you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. A healthy partner on it provides supplements, nutrient-dense and earth-grown foods, and fitness equipment to help you achieve your next level of well-being and total human optimization. Our listeners can get a 10% discount with coupon code GETONIT at Cashflow Ninja Health. 
Com. Our wealthy partner, Fundrise, gives everyone the opportunity to invest directly in high-quality real estate without the middlemen. Fundrise makes the process of investing in the highest-quality commercial real estate from around the country simple, efficient, and transparent. You can get started with as little as $1,000, and you don't have to be an accredited investor to participate in some of their offerings. You can check them out at CashflowNinjaWealth.com. And our wise partner, Audible, offers a free audiobook download of any audiobook. When you try Audible for 30 days, you can download your free audiobook download at CashflowNinjaBook.com. You can also grab your Cashflow Ninja swag at CashflowNinja.com forward slash swag. And if you wanted to support the show, you can do your Amazon shopping through our homepage at CashflowNinja.com forward slash Amazon. It doesn't cost you any more, and it supports our efforts here at the Cashflow Ninja. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to the Cashflow Ninja podcast with your host, MC Lobsher. You must be prepared to ignite. Bill, welcome to the show. Well, it's great to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on, MC. Now, you have an amazing story. Can you please share a little bit about your background and your journey as an entrepreneur and investor? Well, uh, sure. I, it's uh, it's pretty diverse, and it goes back away because I've been around for a while. So um, there are definitely a, a number of things that uh, that are my background. I um, actually started out uh, as a uh, musician in the 60s and uh, used to um, play rock and roll. And uh, uh, when that didn't pan out, I decided I'd, I'd have to get a real job and uh, went into uh, banking, financial services, uh, that kind of thing. Um, ended up uh, doing that for a while and I, I got the entrepreneurial spirit and uh, wanted to break off my own, opened up a marketing consulting firm. Um, it kind of expanded and grew into a full-fledged uh, PR advertising agency, and uh, um, uh, you know, just kind of moved uh, forward from there. Uh, went into uh, a, a lot of different areas. We were um, a very big part of the internet uh, boom. Um, uh, also, when the bubble popped, we were also there too. And uh, so, uh, yeah. Got an interesting background, you know. I spent a fair amount of the earlier years, uh, you know, on the corporate side, and and before I went the entrepreneurial side. Once once you get on the entrepreneurial, though, it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, to change that. I did join up with some folks uh, for an internet startup, and uh, and that was great. Um, uh, but you know, we you know, as we watched our our stocks, you know, just go up and up in value. You know, we're all kind of you know planning where we're going to live in the world and so forth, and. And then when the internet bubble burst, you know, we just had a lot of paper, <laughs> a lot of paper. We didn't know what to do with. <laughs> so been through a lot, a lot of different things. Um, I was uh, called into the ministry um, uh, in my uh, latter years, um, and uh, it, would, it took off with my family. We first started off with I went back to sort of my musical roots, and uh, we had a, a little kids rock and roll band, and uh, traveled around the world. World, uh, you know, playing music. We released CDs and so forth, and uh, um, and then um, my, you know, my my family would travel with me. Um, I have uh, seven kids, so I got quite a brood that we were uh, hauling around. Uh, actually, that time I think there was only five we were hauling around with us. But um, and I have a young daughter named Ariana. Uh, 
who, um, you know, in the process of all the things that we were doing, she took a real interest in Haiti and uh, basically approached me one day and said, Dad, I want to build an orphanage, a school, uh, a church, uh, um, a uh Gosh, I was just a whole bunch of things in Haiti. And I was going, wow, that's pretty amazing for a nine-year-old. And uh, as time went on, you know, I kind of figured, well, you know, in another year she'll want to be president. And next year she'll be want to be something else. But uh, she kind of held on to that dream. And um, we actually went and visited uh, Haiti. And uh, we didn't anticipate that we would fall in love with the, the place as well. And we basically... Uh, sold everything we had, moved to Haiti, uh, opened up a uh, – well, I already had a nonprofit in place uh, for our, our, our music ministry. But uh, I, uh, I, you know, we started what's called Child Hope International, and uh, we have been you know, serving abandoned, um, uh, orphaned, and at-risk children in Haiti uh, well, for the last uh, 12, 13 years. Um, we recently, though, um, moved um, uh, to the States, um, and this was you know, part of the transition that I made into um, the, the investor side uh, as – I was approaching, you know, my latter years, I was realizing, gee, you know, I've been here in Haiti. We love it. We love the people we serve. But uh, I don't quite have the uh, stamina I used to have when I first got here and was looking at, you know, what what's retirement going to look like? And uh, as I started to look at retirement, I started to realize, gee whiz, I don't have anything going for me here. I mean, um, you know, I've been living on faith for all these years. I didn't really have much in the bank, you know, a little bit in an IRA, but really nothing real serious that was going to carry us through. So I started looking at, well, what could I do? And, um, you know, I was kind of looking at jobs and kind of vision myself in that blue vest at Walmart handing out, uh, you know, shopping carts as people came in. And I said, well, that doesn't look real exciting. <laughs> and I, I started, you know, just, you know, looking, well, look, I'm an entrepreneur. I've started businesses. Maybe I'll just start a little business. But I didn't want to work full time either. I've been working full time all my life. Uh, was really looking for something a little more passive. So I just started ex- exploring different areas, uh, looked at uh, online businesses, started a little online business, um, you know, started making money while I was still in Haiti in this online business, you know, in between the other things I'm doing in Haiti and uh, was doing okay and it was growing and, and then I got kicked off of eBay and my <laughs> my whole model was based on eBay and I'm going, wait a minute, you know, and, and when, once you get kicked off of eBay, you'll never get back in and it was it's one of those things I wasn't doing anything illegal or anything, but what was happening is, um, you know, you're, you're, you're ordering things, you're, you know, you're coordinating drop shipments and stuff. You're not really possessing anything, you know, that you're selling. You're selling from other suppliers, and when suppliers would run out, um, you know, I would have to notify the people that purchased that item, and then I would get some bad reviews, and ultimately, it just took me off the the system. So, uh, so that didn't work out real good. And um, I received an unexpected check in the mail, uh, an inheritance check, and I didn't want to hold on to it. I I didn't feel, I, although I had money in the market, I didn't want feel comfortable going into the market. There was some volatility at that time. And I thought, well, gee, I'm just going to put it into real estate, and I'll I'll deal with it later. And um, started researching markets where it would be a good place to buy because I'm still in Haiti, lo- uh, looking at what's available, and uh, found some pretty good markets for rentals, and decided to to 
go ahead and buy something. So I hopped on a plane, purchased uh, a couple of houses in, uh, or a couple of properties in, in Memphis, one in Atlanta, and flew back to Haiti. And so I was a landlord. And um, and I, I thought of it more as a an investment. I wasn't really thinking of that as a possible means to fund our retirement years. But as time went on and I started researching and educating myself, I started realizing, gee, you know, I could grow this. I could leverage this and it really could supply what we need. And um, and that really was kind of how it started. Uh, I started, you know, taking the properties I had. I started leveraging them to buy other properties. Um, at the same time as I'm doing this, I'm saying, gee, this is great. I mean, this is – it really is passive, and they're, they're operating on their own. I have property managers running the places. I, I really don't have to do much other than maybe calling my property manager once a week or so. And it's not – I mean, I've got – this is this is fantastic. So I, I set a pretty aggressive goal for myself, and I said, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't have really time for a long-term strategy here, so – uh, I want to go ahead and, and keep growing this. I want to purchase uh, 1,000 units or doors um, within six years. And so that's been my goal is to uh, grow to 1,000 units and doors. And, and, and that may seem like a, 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 a large amount, but actually, you know, part of my, my goal here is to also help continue to fund the activities we're doing in Haiti, even though we're not located there anymore. Uh, we still are the founders of, of this uh, Child Hope International, and we want to continue to grow the things that we're doing there. So, so that's that's really what what has transpired. And in that, um, I had friends that were talking to me, other friends similar age, and uh, dealing with the the challenges of retirement. Some of them who were already retired that were really concerned because they didn't think they had the money to make it through. Uh, some are looking at Social Security and wondering whether it's still going to be there and um, all these other concerns. And so I, I just started you know, talking to people and telling them what I was doing and sharing my story. And it kind of grew into you know, emailing people to actually setting up a website. And uh, we call the website the Old Dogs REI Network. And it's uh, it's all geared towards folks that are you know fifty plus that are interested in utilizing real estate investing as a means to fund their retirement years and beyond. And so that's really what's happened. It's grown into a blog and a, a podcast now, a, a twice weekly podcast, and um, and we're just you know just sharing our story as we go along. It's uh, you know kind of a um, a journal as well. I, I share my challenges as I'm, you know, buying and, and selling and so forth, and and involved in real estate investing. Uh, at the same time, we have a you know a lot of excellent guests that come through our podcasts and so forth. Well, there's so many, so many <laughs> questions that just went through my mind as you were telling your story. It's it's quite remarkable and amazing. So the first thing is, you weren't. This is not an out of state real real estate investment. This was out of country. Yes. You, you, <laughs> so I know I hear a lot of times, well, there's nothing in my market and, you know, the, there's a bubble in my market and I can't find any good deals. So you did this not only out of state, out of country. The second thing is um, that I picked up from this as well is a lot of people are very, very fearful and especially 
towards as you approach retirement, you become obviously very risk adverse. It's only natural. And yet you uh, took the leap of faith. So how did you manage some of the fears and, and, and what fears did you have uh, going into uh, real estate? Well, I was I definitely had my share of fears because this was a uh, kind of a big gamble for me. I didn't know if the, you know, gosh, I'm, you know, I'm putting my my money that I received here in this inheritance into a place that I thought would be the most secure and in addition to that, also had uh, you know great uh, tax positioning too, in that I can write off a lot of things with the real estate investment and so forth. But at the same time, I'm thinking, gee, you know, I'm, I'm investing a lot into this, and I really want to make sure that this is going to you know to be the right thing. And so I think we all have fears. I. I I kind of jumped into it. I kind of did it backwards. <laughs> I mean, I, I educated myself a little bit before I made the purchases, but I really the education started more after I purchased. And I, I think that that's that's really true. You could go to seminars and you can go to a, you know have high paid consultants and all this other stuff. But the bottom line is, you really start to learn about this once you make the first step, and that's where I dealt with the you know fears for the most part is once I was in it. Um, it was going really, really well, and then I, I had some some rough go of it, and uh, I was going, oh, gee, did I make a mistake? And um, but you know, you, if you go there, you go to that fear place, um, you really start to realize that you know that's. I mean, you can talk yourself out of anything, and basically right. just stay, you know, immobile at that point. And I I realized that th- it was really time for me to sort of embrace my fears, uh, not only just tolerate them but but you know embrace it and be thankful for that for that that situation that may happen because that's going to help teach me to do be better at this i mean if you look at some of the wealthiest men in the world you know how many times have these guys declared bankruptcy how many times have they failed and picked up and rebuilt and failed and picked up and rebuilt i mean that's part of the process and you just get better you know, each situation that happens. So instead of, you know, running from my failures and, you know, I was embracing them and, and trying to learn from them so that I could be that much more effective on the next step. Now, the other thing that I picked up too is you uh, mentioned that you were looking at different markets while you were in Haiti. So what uh, were some of the criteria that you were interested in in markets to invest in, and what was that process like? Well, for for this old dog, uh, you know, as as with maybe a lot of other old dogs, our our focus is really one place, and um, this is a place I know you know really well, and that's just on cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. I mean that that really is what we're looking for. We're looking at something to fill the gap, something that will. Uh, be able to uh, not only sustain us, because I think there's plenty of people that are retired that are sustained, I, I think, but to be able to do what you really always dreamt of doing in retirement. And so our focus is is cash flow. So I'm uh, primarily, I'm looking at good markets where there's a good cash flow, good cash on cash return, good return on investment and so forth. Yes, we're interested in equity growth. And I think that sort of the other part of this equation is not only do we want to have a, a nice retirement. And when I say a nice retirement, I say, you know, I've 
for example, I've got seven kids of my own, and and they're scattered around different parts of the country and different places. And I want to be able to go and visit my kids whenever they have a need. Um, I've got three unmarried daughters. I want them to have the wedding of their dreams. Uh, you know, if there's a, a, a couple, you know, one of my kids marries and and they need a little help getting their first home. I want to I want to be able to do that without hesitation. So, so I, I want to be able to have that kind of freedom and and I think the you know a good cash flow will give you that that kind of freedom but the, the other part of it is that I also want to be able to leave a legacy you know for my children and my grandchildren and that's you know the the advantage and where you pick markets where you know that the properties are going to go up in value over time um some areas, some markets will go up more aggressively. Some are just sort of steady markets where they'll increase, uh, you know, above the rate of inflation. And so that's, you know, that's sort of the other part of it. So I look for places that have um, good job growth, that have a strong local economy, that have businesses coming in that are providing jobs. Um, where there is uh, healthy growth, you know, things that are happening, uh, new construction, other things happening in that area, um, low unemployment, um, certain appealing things that will make that market good for not only the immediate term, but for the long term as well. So that's that's what I mean by when I'm look, sort of looking at an emerging market is uh, one that has those characteristics that I know, you know, I'm buying and holding. I'm, um, yeah, I, you know, I, there's certain properties that it may be may be smart, you know, smart to sell at a certain point and then maybe use those funds through a 401 exchange or something to be able to, um, uh, you know, to be able to uh, buy another property. But generally, I'm buying and holding and uh, for the long term. And you know, I don't want it to be a full time business. I, I really just want it to be a cash flow source over the long term. No, that's great. There's, again, guys, if you're listening out there, cash flow, obviously the most important thing. But Bill just also said a really very, very important point that he was looking for, jobs. People are going to live in places where they are going to be employed and working and where there are jobs. The other thing that Bill mentioned, too, um, was from a tax standpoint the advantages that real estate has and that's philosophically where we're very much aligned to by positioning your assets to be as economically efficient as possible and that includes taxes as well now the other question that i had bill so you started with real estate you had you had this this money you went through the hard school of knox as we all do and then you purchased other properties. At what point, because I heard there was a moment as you were telling your story that you realized, wow, well, you know, I'm going to set a goal for myself because I could get, you know, a thousand, thousand units, a thousand doors. Now, in able to get that, obviously there needs to be systems in place. Now, I hear property management and maintenance and all of that. Can you talk uh, a little bit about that process of how you establish those systems and at what stage did, did you get them up and running? Yeah, the the systems are are very important and and again, it ties to the markets. You want to go into markets where you're going to get a a fixed return. And I, and I, one thing I didn't mention was you know, you've got to go into a good rental market. Not all markets are good rental markets. Also, you want to go into a state, for example, that has uh, uh, landlord-friendly laws as well. Um, it, those are some of the things that could work against you if you're not 
you know, Adam, but, but I have about six or, or seven key things that I look for in each market. But yes, for myself, what I'm looking to do is to set up a property, uh, purchase a property, and after expenses, after insurance and taxes and um, CapEx expenses and things of that nature, you know you're going to have a net cash flow of $100 a door minimum. Now, I, I haven't purchased a property yet where I'm really that low. I'm Some properties I am pulling 300 a door, some uh, 200, uh, but a minimum of 100 a door. And that allows me to be able to plan what I'm doing. But all of these pieces have to come together. And um, when I first you know, purchased, I, I kind of went in kind of naive. I, I, I purchased um, what are called turnkey properties. And there's nothing wrong with turnkey properties, but um, I didn't really do my due diligence on the the company that I was buying from. Um, found out that there were tenants there that were literally just placed in there um, so they could sell it. And then after afterwards, they stopped. These people stopped paying, and uh, you know, I, I got real concerned. I was sort of freaking out at that point, uh, thinking um, they gave me a sort of a six month guarantee of rent if if there's a vacancy. And I thought, well, that's that's good, you know, that's a good buffer. But what happens if six months go by and you still have vacancies, you know? So I um, I had to deal with that you know issue of uh, property management, and property management is just about the most key factor that you have to have in place has to be a responsive uh, group of people or an individual that you know is going to do exactly what you want. And you have to set them up in such a way that uh, they're responsive to you, they communicate with you, and you know everything that's going on um, when you need to know it. And that's a that was something I didn't have in place. Uh, that was one of those little failures that I learned from and allowed me to put together um, the kind of systems now that allow allow me to, to keep my, my property managers in place. Because that's really your key person in there. You have a whole team of people, but that is your, your key point person. And um, that, that person's got to make sure that you've got the vacancies are filled. That you've, you know, you have the pro- the building properly maintained. Um, that you're doing um, a lot of things to just make sure that that investment is going to continue to produce the, what you expect it to. And that's another key point. That property man- manager is so important. And even before you invest in an area or you're looking to invest and you're looking, just go on the internet and find a couple of property managers in that area. The knowledge that they will have about, they will tell you exactly what rental rights you can get, um, what's the, uh, how these rental rights will increase every year. They can tell you what to stay away from. I mean, there's extreme, just in my experience, a lot of valuable information that these property management managers can share uh, with prospective buyers of real estate in those areas. That's right. And they're also your, sort of your key referral source, too. When you go into a, a, an area, they'll refer you to the the you know contractors that you have to use. They may refer you to a good attorney in the area. So they're, they are very key. Um, but as you know, some people in that are investors will say, yeah, but generally, you know, 90% of property managers are not good. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I, I go, whoa, wait a minute. That's a, that's a pretty high percentage. I don't know if that's accurate, but as you, 
as you start going through property managers, you start to go, you know, you're right. You're really looking for that diamond in the, in the rough, that, that, you know, 10 percenter that is really going to be the person you want them to be. And definitely have your try to have your interests aligned. Get them, you know, how, the way that they're compensated so that everybody's interests are aligned in uh, the profitability of that property. Exactly. They need to feel that they're a partner with you. You're not just uh, not just a, a, a worker. You know, they they really need to own that property in terms of their not literally in some cases it may be a little but generally just that their success as as we reach certain milestones you know my property managers uh, will um receive benefits you know and cash benefits for that so um there are certain things that you set up in addition to that and and unexpected bonuses and things of this nature that uh, keep them excited about managing that property now, Bill, can you share why real estate is emerging as one of the best investments for retirees? Well, I I think that the appeal is that the, I guess there are probably a number of different areas um, that we could address here, but um, the passive nature of it is is probably one of the key things. Um, and there's it's funny there's different types of retirees. There's some that are work their time, they've served their time, they're they're ready to enjoy, you know, taking it easy. And there's others that are really antsy and they're and they're going, um, you know, I I, I gotta do something, you know, <laughs> going crazy. There's only so many times I can paint the house and so forth. So um so you you have different sort of requirements in there. You can be very, very passive where you are just literally an investor, for example. Um you may uh connect with other real estate investors uh, that need capital so they can purchase buildings and you're just getting your check every quarter and um, you really don't have to do anything. You, you don't talk to property managers. You don't have to deal with anything. All you do is collect your money. Um, and then you have others that uh, want to manage the, the asset, You know, whatever that property may be. Uh, they want to be more involved, a little more hands-on. And um, and that's great. So you, you can you can kind of choose where on that passive scale you really want to be, um, even if you're managing it um, yourself. Let's say you you pick up a property down the street. Uh, uh, you don't it doesn't require a lot of your work. It just depends on what the property is. I, I prefer property managers for all of my properties because I I really don't want to be fixing toilets at three in the morning. I really don't want to have to you know deal with the tenant applications and all these things. So. Um, so, you know, you can kind of pick it. I, I think that uh, another appeal to it, not only the passive nature, but the, that also you can start right away. Um, most people have purchased a home. They know what the process is like from the simplest standpoint. And um, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to buy a property. Um, I think, yeah, you want to educate yourselves and you want to uh, know what you can to be a good manager to to manage that asset effectively. There is an education part of the process but um you can ramp up pretty quickly and the neat thing about it is, is such as when i went and purchased those three properties um i went and purchased the properties the next month i started receiving checks in the mail so to speak from each of those properties immediately um so it's a get, you get an immediate return on on your investment and so there are uh, things that are appealing i think from that standpoint to those that are retirees what advice would you give to some of the baby boomers that are thinking about getting started and have their doubts? Because obviously, the, they're thinking, well, 
you know, they might not have access to money or do they need the money? Where, where would you advise them to start and get involved in real estate? I think the the biggest fear that a lot of people have is is that just that fear of failure. Um, and uh, some people may, for example, be looking at their nest egg that that may be their money in an IRA or some some other investment vehicle, and they're afraid to touch it because they're afraid that um, you know that something's going to wrong. They're going to lose that amount. Um, I, I would say to those people, you don't have to use your own money, and uh, that is that is a reality. I know a lot of people say, "Oh, this no money down." I've heard that before, but no, it it's real, and you can leverage the you know the relationship with the seller and get you know the seller to carry back um, funds. You can um, get investors involved. Um, you can do a lot of different things, and that you won't have to put any of your money into. And so there's that, that, that to me sort of removes that fear. Um, and that's kind of what I needed to get involved because I just got this check in the mail and boom, I, you know, I wanted to do something with it. And that gave me the impetus to get started. But a person can, um, really look at other people's money as the means to be able to start their, their investing as well. And that's not that difficult to do. So I, I think it's, it's easy, you know, to to not do it. Um, the the everybody has difficulty with that first step, but you know the problem is is some people wait till it's too late, and then all of a sudden they're really in a financial crunch and or a crisis, and they uh, you know maybe they have some huge medical bill, and they go, gee, if I would have just been able to you know build up some equity in one of my properties, or if I had the cash flow coming in, I could have dealt with that. But it's kind of t- too late at that point, so. Um, you know, the biggest part of it is just getting started, just taking the step and, and doing it. And, you know, you could start off small. You start off with a little property, you know, a, a single family home or a duplex or a triplex and, you know, learn the ropes. And as you start to get it down, then you start expanding your, your investments. Yeah, you said a very key thing. Sellers are very open to seller financing because of well, the interest that they'll get in the bank if if they put down if they take the money that you bought the house from them or the property. Uh, they're not going to earn a lot of interest in the bank, so they're definitely if you can show them a way uh, just through structuring seller financing that would make sense for them and sense for you, they would be very open to it right now. Oh sure, they they're used to getting this this steady cash flow, and then all of a sudden they're going to sell it. And they'll get this big lump amount, which is great. But um, you know, part of the I, your 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 appeal, like you just mentioned, is is being able to say to them, "Hey, do you want to continue to you you know receive money monthly? You can do that too, and then we'll do a lump in you know three years or five years or something like that." Right. Now, are there any resources that you could recommend uh, for people that would want to take action today and start looking at properties? Where where would you ad, um, advise them to start? Well, there are. Uh, I think the the first thing is you know maybe starting with just just reading some some basic books and and trying to get a, an understanding of what uh, real estate investing is and and uh, what are what are some of the um, what are some of the things that you you need to do? And I think uh, the the education part is is key. Um, you know that's why I think a lot of real estate people um, read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's it's, it's almost like required reading, right. and, and and it's not so much that it's a real estate book, but what it's doing is it's it, it's showing you how you have to redirect your thinking. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of unprogram yourself from, you know, years of, well, you know, this is what you do. You go to school, you get a good job, you, you know, you, you move as high as you can in that job and then you retire and you take a pension. You know, it's, it's a whole different way of looking at, uh, assets and how you use your time and, and, uh, and just what investing really is. And, um, and so I, I think that, that that process has to take place uh, for you to be able to look at this in a, in a way that makes sense. And and then you just start, you know, you, yeah, you could start reading the books that will teach you the, um, you know, the how-tos uh, of investing as well. Um, some people go to seminars. Some people, you know, uh, link up with a, um, a, a mentor or a consultant and so forth. Bill, as an entrepreneur and investor, we face adversity and it's not always rainbows and unicorns. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned and the best advice you've gotten on your journey? Well, you know, I I think uh, for me, the... The, the most important part is that um, it is a journey and you need to look at it like that. Um, you know, you're going to, um, if you're on a journey and you're driving your car somewhere, you know, you're going to get a flat tire here or there, or maybe you're going to run into, you know, issues or problems along the road. Um, that's just part of the journey. And um, like I said, you know, instead of being fearful of those things, embrace those things. You just look at it as, wow, this is another great opportunity to learn something. I, I, but I think, you know, the, the idea is that your mindset's got to be focused on, I can do this. Other people uh, have done this. And maybe folks that, that maybe aren't as well-educated or maybe don't have uh, the stamina or or what have it that, that I do um, – you have to just keep moving forward. And as I just keep telling everyone that listens, you know, just keep moving forward. Don't let that, that little roadblock you know, prevent you from going forward. You go around the roadblock or you find another way. But don't, you know, don't let anybody stop you from moving forward and doing what you want to do. Now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and our world a better place. And we found it by passing down a mindset, strong values, and principles to guide future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? That's a tough one. That is a loaded uh, loaded question. There's there's a lot of things that I, that come to mind, but I would say – most important to me is uh, integrity, your integrity and your character. Um, that to me has to be number one. People that you're going to be dealing with, whether it is um, a banker, whether it's going to be uh, an investor, a partner, someone you're buying a home from, and your tenants, um, or the, the people in the community that you're going to be a, become a part of by purchasing that property, um, it's important that you be known as a person of integrity, somebody who um, is honest and, and forthright and is doing the right thing. Um, secondly, I, I would just say um, do what you say. If you say you're going to do something, then you need to stick by that, and your word's got to mean something. And you need to be a person of your word. And uh, it's very important. I think that you say you're going to do this, you do it. Um, you know, there are times that with, with certain properties, I know that, um, you know, I came in there and I said, oh, you know, we're going to do this to, 
you know, fix this up or what have you. And as time went on, I'm going, gee, I don't know if we really have the capital to do it, but it didn't really matter because I had already committed to doing it. And um, I found a way to do it. And that, that to me is, is very, very important. And, I, and finally, the third thing I would say is that um, you are going to see success and you need to be aware of that. And uh, um, with success, I think there's certain responsibilities to give back. And uh, this is where, um, yeah, I'm very committed. This is where we're involved in Haiti, for example, but and and even with our podcast, you know, that we do that um, is reaching out to other uh, seniors that that are interested in real estate investing. Um, sometimes we mentor and we'll we'll take the knowledge and information we have and we'll we'll be a mentor for somebody else to learn so that they can do that. But um, I think giving back is is really really important. Now, Bill, what? Books could you recommend to my audience? You've mentioned Rich Dad Poor Dad. Are there some other books that you would recommend? Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of great books out there. Um, the uh, if you're, you're really interested in the uh, real estate investing side and you want to you want to learn what that's about, I'd say one of the best that I've read is the ABCs of Real Estate Investing by Ken McElroy. I think that's got a, a lot of great information in it. Um, there's also, uh, one that's done by the guys at bigger pockets, uh, uh, uh Brandon, uh, uh, I can't remember his last Turner, name, but Brand- I think. Yes, right. Brandon Turner's, um, he has one on low and no money down investing and, and you can great information, really simple. It's a quick read, but it really shows you how you can purchase properties without using your own money. Um, uh, then there's uh, the E Myth, you know, by Michael Gerber. Um, great, great one. Just in terms of your, um, you know, just um, your perspective on and your approach and setting up systems and, and so forth. Um, those are those are some of the key ones that I would. Uh, oh, another one uh, actually is a four day work week too. Uh, Tim Ferriss, which is a uh, a great. Uh, a great focus, especially for the seniors, and in, in, in that you know you need to go into it thinking that I'm not going to be doing a full time job unless they really want to, and they just you know they're just looking to keep busy. That's fine, but if you're looking at really creating passive income, um, you need to know how to structure everything so that uh, you're you're free. Uh, you have all the free time to be able to use as you want to do. Now, Bill, how can my audience learn more about you and your podcast and keep informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Well, we're uh, we're online at uh, Old Dogs REI Network. Uh, dogs is spelled D A W G S, and uh, Old Dogs REI Network dot com. Um, there, they'll be able to access the blog, um, our, a lot of articles that we've done. Um, there's also a um, yeah, you know, our podcast is linked to that. Our podcast is on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, um, and uh, you know they can listen anytime there and subscribe. Um, we have a newsletter that goes out every week um, that has a lot of great information about you know some of these key markets out there that uh, people can go into. And um, as we doing our research, and we can reveal, wow, here's a great little city or town that uh, you know that would be a good one to go into and we put that information on our newsletter that comes out weekly um so and that's all at our, our website i think that's sort of the key place to go if they want to write to me or ask questions i, I personally 
get back to everybody that writes to me as, as long as I can. So um, I'd be happy to, to answer any questions. You can also do that uh, via the website as well. Fantastic. Well, Bo, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and your especially a very inspiring story and providing so much value to my listeners. Really appreciate it and had a lot of fun. Well, thank you, MC, for having me on. It has been my, my honor. Hi, this is MC Lobsher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining their capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy, according to the infinite banking concept. If you are interested in learning more, you can email me at info at cashflowninja.com and I will send you a copy of Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest, Bill Monacero, today on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with friends, family, and your network. I've really been humbled by your support and feedback, and if there's any way that I could provide more value to you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. I respond to all of my emails personally, and I love hearing from you guys and getting feedback. Don't forget to take advantage of the offers from our partners that aims to empower you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Our healthy partner on it provides supplements, nutrient-dense, and earth-grown foods, and fitness equipment to help you achieve your next level of well-being and total human optimization. Our listeners can get a 10% discount with coupon code GETONIT at CashflowNinjaHealth.com. Our wealthy partner, Fundrise, gives everyone the opportunity to invest directly in high-quality real estate without the middleman. Fundrise makes the process of investing in the highest-quality commercial real estate from around the country simple, efficient, and transparent. You can get started with as little as $1,000, and you don't have to be an accredited investor to participate in some of their offerings. You can check them out at CashflowNinjaWealth.com. And our wise partner, Audible, offers a free audiobook download. When you try Audible for 30 days, you can grab your free audiobook download at CashflowNinjaBook.com. If you're looking for recommendations of which audiobook to download, I've put all the books that our guests recommend together on one page for you at CashflowNinja.com forward slash books. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. 
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.